You're listening to Bellwether's podcast with Matthews Joseph. Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in to Bellwether's podcast. This is Matthews, and today we have Matt Harder with us. Uh, Matthew is from Seattle, all the way from uh, all the way from Seattle on the West Coast, and he is the founder uh, and uh, director of Lead Local. He's also a youth pastor within the local church in Seattle as well. So, Matthew, thank you for so much for taking this time in spite of your busy schedules and being here tonight. Oh, of course. Thanks for having me, Joe. So just love what you're doing and just so excited. Uh, just even our talk before we got on here, just of all that, uh, really what you're doing in all the different spaces. So it's really cool. So thanks for having me on. Oh, for sure. I really love what you guys are doing with Lead Local and, you know, spreading the vibe into the young community, the youth pastors and, you know, raising them up. It's amazing. Yeah, no, man, I love it. It's a burden. Oh, yeah, for sure. So uh, why don't you tell a little bit about, about yourself to us, you know, what you do and what things that you the crazy things that you do at Washington. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm actually, I'm a local youth pastor. I've been at the same church for 13 years. Um, it, it's had its challenges, of course, um, but it's been, a, it's been a great experience. And I just love my community, man. I love Renton. I'm about uh, 10, 15 minutes from downtown Seattle. And I've been here, lived here for 15 years. And um, yeah, youth pastor at a great church. And then I started Lead Local in 2019, right before the pandemic. And where really I felt like the Lord was speaking just a word over me and our community to round and get the church together to unite the local church. Because um, really, there's some great people in the local churches and in global churches, evangelists, there's pastors, teachers. But often God has called us to be pastors and even in our churches of volunteers to really pastor our communities together. And so we rounded a bunch of pastors together, friends of mine. And we did an event in downtown Seattle in 2019. And now we've been in nine states, even through a pandemic, really seeing um, a really cool work going on with um, the collaboration with other churches and uniting them and then seeing them go forward together throughout the rest of the year. So, um, yeah, that's a little bit about what I do. I've got a wife. It's her birthday today. Happy birthday, Kaylee. And uh, we have three precious kids, uh, twins. They're seven years old, Kingston and Kinley, and then our little baby, Everlyn, a year old. And um, yeah, man, so that's a little bit about me. Oh, man, that's amazing. You know, uh, and uh, again, uh, so yeah, I want to jump in on to my first question. So you say you have three kids, a wife, um, you're a full-time pastor, you have, uh, you, you are a leader and you have a lead local. So honestly, that sounds like a lot to me. So, and so as a leader, as, as a full-time pastor, how do you manage your time and energy? And what are some of the best practices that you recommend that leaders follow to manage time and energy efficiently? Yeah, no, that's a great question. And that's a great question for anyone who's watching. You know, maybe you're not in the church world. You're not a part of a church. Um, shoot, maybe you're not a Christian or part of a faith. But it's a great question to ask yourself in your business, in your work, is how do I manage time and energy? And it's interesting because in high school, I thought I didn't have a lot of energy and I didn't think I had a lot of time. And then college happened, got a little bit older, and I thought, wow, I really don't have a lot of time or energy. This is crazy. I can't wait till the next season. I'll have more time. But as life goes on, you get married, you have kids, you'll realize um, you're going to need to really learn how to manage your time because when you manage your time, you really can manage your energy. If you're not managing your time, I don't know how you're even able to manage your energy, and then you spiral out of control. And so we need to really take care of ourselves. We need to take care of our souls. And so a lot of the times, even as a Christian, because that's the lens I see as a Christian. So I'm just speaking from that perspective when I'm processing this question. You know, the Bible says that the uh, 
first uh, shall be last. But often then we think as leaders, well, then I need to just continue to serve, continue to serve, go, go, go. I need to be last. I need to be last. But actually great leaders are actually first. They put themselves first. When Jesus is saying that the first shall be last, that is literally in the act of when you're in a public setting, you are serving, you are there to be, uh, to uh, love people and to serve people. But before we even get to that point, what are we doing in the mornings or at the night when we can come into our own space and to be able to settle our souls and really to ask ourselves the deeper questions? Maybe why am I feeling unsettled? Why am I so tired? Have we created enough margin in our time not to always just dream and to look ahead, but to be right where we're at? And when you can do those practices in your own, so start with yourself as a leader. You don't hear that very often, but you do. You start with yourself. You got to be healthy if my marriage is going to be healthy. I got to be healthy if my kids are going to be healthy. I got to be healthy if my ministry, if my work, if my all my other side things we do. I believe local is going to be strong and we're going to actually unite pastors and they're going to be healthy. I myself have to start with myself. And so for me, how do I manage my time and my energy? You know, I'm a morning person. Some people are night people. And so you really got to determine what's that margin that you're going to create because you actually have to create it and you got to schedule it in your time. And so I'll wake up at 4 a.m. Just I'll just start with my day. You know, as a lead local guy and a local pastor, a lot of my stories and just me sharing is really just what's happening that day. But this this morning I, I get up at four. I spend time with my kids. They're usually up about 530, but at four to 530, that's some margin for myself. And then at that point, I can be a present father. There's an hour and a half I have before I get my kids to school on a typical day, a rhythm. You got to get your rhythm. What's your rhythm? It's not always going to be the same, by the way. Rhythms can change. There can be busier season than more unbusier seasons. But what consistently is your rhythm? Because if you don't get your rhythm and your flow down, you're not going to have the time or even the energy. You're not even going to be able to go there to be effective in your workplace, in your business, in whatever you're doing. Uh, that you would have that moment, that practice to get some margin for yourself. Then I'm able to be a father. I'm able to be a husband. Uh, my, it's my wife's birthday today. So how am I able to share with you right now to have time and energy when I'm not even with my wife for her birthday? That's actually a great question to ask the, the prodigy or whatever, whatever you're coming in as here. Um, but it's a great question. You got to ask yourself, how am I giving the time and energy to my wife? Well, you got to remember there's expectations that we need to, and values that we have in our relationships and our personal relationships and our families and our homes. So I know that when I got my wife at 7 a.m. coffee this morning, I was present with her after I took the kids to school. And then I had a moment to be on this podcast. My wife knows that tonight I'm taking to her hotel. We're having a dinner. I'm getting her massage tomorrow morning. So I'm saying this because as the leader, start with yourself so that you can look ahead for other people. Because when you are um, being a shepherd as a pastor or a business person, you're really shepherding your team. You got to look ahead for them because when the busyness gets going for your, your team, it gets crazy because it's that season and you're trying to push numbers and you're trying to go. And for my context, reach one more person for Jesus. Then you've got to be able to look ahead for your team and go, guys, this is a busy season. It's crazy. What's your vacation schedule, schedule look ahead. And so now I'm doing that for my family. Now I'm actually able to pastor other people and have a great and create a good team amongst the people because I'm having those practices. Um, and we do, we do a lot and we get a lot done and we we've seen a really amazing revival in the Renton area the last 13 years, but uh, make no mistake about it. I've had to start with myself to get that wow. time. And so. wow, that, is, that is amazing. And that's definitely a lot of stuff 
so I mean, and 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 how how do you think like you know how do you think that managing your time and efficiency and energy is actually tied with productivity and like over the years of of your experience, how do you say that? Do you think that it has improved in a substantial amount? So I say no to the excessive to say yes to the essential. So as the leader, you have to learn well what's the essential and what's excessive. That's that's just the fat that I don't need. And so you got to really, that's where it comes from your burden is what, where has this all started? It has to come from a burden. Where did you start your business? It's got to be a burden. It's got to be bigger than just making money as your business. Um, you know, what's your burden in ministry? We've got to continue to carry that, that burden. That's where it all starts. And so once you have that burden, you're able to a lot more than really align your uh, what's essential and what's not, what's excessive. Um, and so as a leader, you say no to a lot more things that are excessive while you're saying yes to everything at the same time that's aligning with that mission. So as a leader, how am I able to say yes to everything when my pastor, because I have a leader in the context of the local church and I'm the youth pastor, how do I, and when he asks me to do something or to make something happen, I tell him yes every single time. Well, how am I able to say yes every time for the mission that he's going? One, he's made it clear of what he needs and where we're going. But two, it's because I believe in people. And some of you are burning out and you have no energy and no time and you're saying no to a lot of things, mostly the important things, because you don't believe in people at the end of the day. You say you do, but do we really? How do you believe in people? You say yes to something that's a big deal to somebody and you find a gift mix around on your team where you can say, hey, I know you can do this. So it's still a yes, but it doesn't always have to be you as the leader. Find other capable, great people to align with that mission. So how do you take hold of that mission, how are you looking? Hold, hold of it. Start with your burden. Get to where you're headed. The right things to what you need to do, and don't be so. I want you to catch this. Don't be so concerned with the picture, because I believe in my faith. God always exceedingly abundantly does more than I ever could ask or imagine. So, in leadership and streamlining your time and energy is not to get to a certain picture. It's actually what's the next benchmark. And then that picture will be even better than you can even imagine. The goal in a dream is not to reach the goal or the dream. It's to move the ball forward and whatever your burden is. So that's kind of, I hope that answered your question. Well, for sure. Yeah. I mean, you definitely did give the whole big context about it. And, you know, and I'm glad that you mentioned about the team because that's where I was going to go with my next question. And, you know, at lead local, definitely all right. At your local church, you definitely have to build a great and a strong team. And uh, that's highly essential. And what what are some of the ways that you think are uh, are like or within your business or uh, within your organization or within your church or whatever whatever fields of ministry or whatever fields that you are in? What are some of the ways that we can build a strong and great team? Okay, so I'll say this first: start with that burden, because as you're building your team, they need to know the burden. I think some other people say the why. But the why comes from that deep of like, what are you doing so that the team then knows this is more than just coming to an office and nine to five. It's got to be bigger than that um, in your organization. And so as you start, there's the burden. Now, what I would say is this generation's love language is really collaboration. So if we're to connect with people and teams and to make it a better team, then in my book, it has to be based on the foundation of love 
for one another. That's where trust comes in. When it's bigger to me than just what you're doing and getting the job done, but you're becoming a better person. Hey, how's your marriage doing? Not just, hey, are you getting the job done? Yes, of course, how you getting the job done. But hey, I heard your wife had cancer. How's she doing? You know, this is in any realm. So there is this, 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 this trust or to build teams, you've got to be a person that says, you know what, love language is collaboration. So then how do you truly collaborate? Well, that's a great question. But first, let me just say this about collaboration and building great teams. When you're able to collaborate with the teams and you're able to, to share life together and collaborate in your business and life and all that and what they're to do and their gift mix, collaboration removes competition. So you want to build a great team. We don't want teams competing. Well, then how do we, how do we get a spirit of non-competition? It's collaboration. Collaboration kills competition. Collaboration kills comparison. If you want healthy teams and you want to build healthy teams, there can't be this comparison of weaknesses. We've been a part of teams like that, especially in churches. Oh, they're so much better. They're great. I mean, it's just sick. When you collaborate as the body of Christ, which is my lens, and it's biblical, the body of Christ, different eyes, uh, hands, feet, and you're able to collaborate, there's no comparison. There's, there, there's none. The eye can't tell the foot, I don't need you, or you're more weaker than I am. No, what we'll do is, is instead of looking at each other's weaknesses and comparing weaknesses, when you collaborate and you build those strong teams, you're actually, um, you're not comparing weaknesses, you're comparing strengths. And so when you collaborate with your team and you're open to those voices and other voices to come in and you're able to say, hey, here's kind of where we're headed, start with the burden and know where we're kind of going here. And here's some benchmarks of how we know we're being becoming healthy and we're going the right way. Then let's all collaborate around this. And you're going to have some healthy teams without that comparison, without that competition. Um, there's, there's not a contempt that we hold with people. And so um, that's what I would say is, is really learn how to collaborate with your team. Wow, man, that, that's crazy. And uh, is that is that like, uh, and is, do you see that the, one of the main reasons for the success of Lead Local was the collaborations that you guys had within the teams? Oh, yeah, no, 100%. Yeah, it's not Matt Harder uh, Ministries coming in. There's nothing wrong with, with, with people that have ministries and that kind of thing on that. It's Lead Local. We have to do it together. And you can't just say that. So how do you do more than just saying it? You become that. You call other pastors. When I go in for lead local into another state, um, I'm the I'm we're the only two people that fly in from us from the state and talk. Out of the other ten speakers in lead local, it's the community that we're in and those people that are in that actual community. And so um, that's where I really want to encourage uh, people out there is that um, we need to be a people, not just to say that we collaborate, but how do you actually do that? Well, you do that through, through three ways. You let the people know when you're collaborating what you need, give them the vision, but then you identify, you let them know, hey, there's identifiers in this room right now. There's, there's times where I need an identifier. Hey, what's the problem? You know, we know identifiers on the team. They're the ones that mostly bring problems and not solutions. And we say, hey, to be a leader, you got to bring solutions, not problems. But Someone does have to be the person to say, hey, I think this is something we need to push through a little bit. And they're usually the identifiers and they're helping to distinguish where we need to go or where we're getting a little off. That's part of collaboration. Um, innovators. There's times where I need someone to be an innovator. Right now, I don't need you to be an identifier. We've already decided this is where we're heading. Now I need us to innovate around this one goal or this idea on how the messaging, the communication, the, uh, how we're going to get it done, that kind of stuff. The collaboration around creativity, all that, the innovators. And then you just need influencers at times. You say, look, 
I don't need a lot of input on this, but I need you to collaborate with how are we going to influence this mission forward? And I know you're a great influencer. So how do we end up doing that? And when you're able to just ask people when you're chatting with them and talking to them about your burden, your vision, you're going forward to build that team up. What I like to call is your satellite team, because for some of us, it's not just your local church. You're also doing other teams, other places, but that's the satellite team. People that aren't paid, aren't staffed, they're friends who say, we're all in this together and let's go for it and continue to carry out this mission. And so that's kind of how uh, with collaboration and building those, those healthy teams. That's yeah. crazy. That's really good. That's crazy too, what you guys are doing and the level of vision. When I talk to you, I see that, you know, you have that and the passion. That's amazing. And, and after my last question, and um, how do you build trust within your team? And especially when you're doing projects like these, uh, where it's like a collective, where it's like multiple people involved, multiple personnel involved and uh, to people from different backgrounds involved, ethnicities and cultures. How do you build that kind of trust within your team? Yeah, well, first off, it's always good to remember that when people join your team, they have some sort of trust. So we always start with something with that person or we wouldn't have joined their team. We wouldn't have asked, hey, I want to I want to be a part of Lead Local or, or part of your church. Or when we're asking them, you first start with trust. If you're the one who's approaching with, again, I know I keep saying this, but it's so big is that burden because people need to hear the burden. We have so much craziness going on in all of our lives. We say that I'm busy, you're busy, but everybody's busy. The nine to five dad, the nine to five mom, the single parent, they're busy as well. And so we've got to ask ourselves um, in that moment, uh, going to them is me saying, hey, add something more to your schedule because we just need more help or we want someone to join our team or be a part of this or make a phone call because we're coming to the area and stuff. No, no one wants to do that. We get tons of emails every single day. I get email after email after email of people that are asking, I want to, but there's so many of them. Well, then who, all this stuff, you got to get trust. Well, to get trust, I got to hear someone's burden before I get your business card. So I, I need to let that sink in for some people because you're so into what you're actually doing and, and how it's manifesting into your burden that you forgot your whole burden, why you even started in the first place. So you're not getting trust from anybody because they don't want to just trust doing something and filling up their schedule. They need to trust you as a leader and that comes from inside, deep and down inside of you. And then I would say longevity. Too many leaders want trust too quickly. That's It's called relationships. I didn't ask my wife to marry me the day I met her. And I think so often as leaders, we think that we say, hey, jump on my team or our team. And we're like, and we just go, now, you know, here it is. Now, this is all the requirements. These are the expectations. Well, how about just someone who wants to serve a couple times a year at your event? Well, that's great. Earn trust. This is, would be fine. Just come in how you can. Have longevity with the people, the relationships. Let them know that you care more about them than the thing you got going on. In fact, so much more. That's why you want them to be a part of what you're going on. Because it's not just for what you're doing. It's the community you're building together. Again, back to collaboration, building community, making it bigger than what you're actually doing. Because what you're doing should be for people in the first place, no matter what you're doing. So when you continue to put that in the front of with people and you care and you remember birthdays and simple things like that that are so difficult to do, it sounds so simple, but that's where you get trust. And you get trust with integrity, long-term integrity and character. Sure, morale, morality, yes, but even the integrity of the burden that you carry. Is this the real deal or did you just create another club? Or are you doing this for the long haul and this is something this guy or girl is giving their life to? Because that's what people want to jump on with that you're going to give your life to what you're saying and they can Absolutely. too. And it's one of the most amazing things ever. So I think that's how you build um, 
trust. You build trust by being truthful when you mess up and you just tell your team, look, that was a bad call. You build trust by even if they help make the call. It was me. You make you make trust when you go into someone and apologize, you know. And so I think that, that just there's so much to building trust with people that that longevity and that love for people and that hunger for a burden that's bigger than ourselves to join in on. I just think that's something that everyone really wants to get behind and can actually trust that this is somebody who really uh, believes in what what we're going. So, yeah, man. Cool, man. That was awesome. You know, I mean, I think where all those things that you just said, you know, I'm pumped up, you know, and I feel like, you know, what you just said reflects a lot on leadership on like how building trust and building a great team and at the same time also not getting burned out, but by, you know, uh, uh, by prioritizing your, your energy and time as well. I think that was amazing, man. And I want to thank you so much for being on the session, sharing all your insights and your thoughts on what you guys are doing at Lead Local and it's crazy. It's amazing. And we can't just wait to see what, what God is about to do in this next season of yours. Yeah. Well, thank you, bro. I really appreciate the encouragement. And it was just an honor to be on here with you today. I hope it's a blessing to you and other people. For sure. Yeah. Thank you so much, guys. So thank you so much, Matt, for being here. And thank you guys for listening. That was Matt Harder and uh, the founder of Lead Local, something amazing. So make sure you guys stay tuned to Lead Local because they're doing some amazing stuff all throughout the U.S., especially in the Seattle area right now. But they're going to expand within 50 states soon. So make sure you guys get, get, get in touch with them, be a part of those amazing deals that they're doing. And once again, thank you so much for listening and you guys have a great day. Thank you for listening to Bellwether's podcast. If you loved this episode, do not forget to share and subscribe. Also, we would really appreciate if you could leave a review. Thanks again for listening and stay tuned for our next episode.